Hi, welcome to the Happiness Hive podcast. I'm Catherine Bowyer and I am completely fascinated by people and what motivates them. I've spent the past three and a half decades specialising in mindset and human behaviour and I've helped thousands of people to create happy and amazing lives. And now I am super excited to be chatting with women from around the world who I have secret and to be honest, not so secret crushes on. They're women who inspire me. I'm intrigued as to how they do life and what makes them tick. I want to find out their magic formula that makes them who they are. And at the end of the episode, I'd love for you to say, I'd like a little bit of what she's having. The conversations are real and raw. They're full of passion, inspiration and lots of fun. And nothing is off limits. So grab yourself a cuppa or pop on your trackie and go for a walk and join us for today's chat. There may just be that pearl of wisdom you need to hear. So let's shimmy on over and get started. Welcome to this introductory episode of the Happiness Hive Chats. I am so excited that you're here. In this intro episode, I'm going to share with you a little bit about who I am and why I started the podcast and the the Happy Chats. I really am fascinated by human behavior and why people do what they do. I meet lots of amazing people and I'm intrigued by them and I'm especially intrigued by all the gorgeous and beautiful women that I meet and I want to know how they do life. The women that are going to be chatting with me, they all inspire me for a whole range of reasons and I want to chat with them about that. And because each person inspires me for different reasons, the episodes and the chats are going to be quite different. The essence of it will be about who they are and how they do life and and what's the magic that makes up who they are. So what are those secret ingredients to how they do life? So the chats are going to be slightly different depending on where the women are at in life and their life stories and just the direction of how the chats go on the day as well. I really want these chats to be like you with your girlfriends, that you're hanging out with them, say, Sunday afternoon, cocktails, cup of tea, or whatever you do with your girlfriends. And I want it to be like you're having those beautiful, gorgeous time chatting about life, sharing stories, laughing, having fun, that you're in each other's company and you're just there. You're being in the presence of each other, laughing, learning. Hopefully there's going to be some inspiration from the stories that you hear and pearls of wisdom that will drop. I know that from the the chats that I'm having with the, the women. And the pearls of wisdom are going to be different for each person that's listening. And what I'd love for you at the end of each of the episodes is to say, I'd like a little bit of what she's having. I'd like a little bit of that in my life. You know, maybe there are elements that you can incorporate into your life, or at the very least, it's about listening to stories from women who you possibly wouldn't have got to meet otherwise. They are women from all walks of life and from around the world. It's about hearing the stories and being in the space and the power and the beauty in what women have to share. And it's my hope that the chats, they, they'll be fun. There'll be a little bit of happiness into your life, a, a little bit of time out for you in your day, filled with some inspirations. The, the conversations are, are real, they're raw, and they're going to be fun. Nothing's off limits. And depending on the topics that we're talking about, there might be some elements that could be a little bit challenging and confronting. But my goal is for the conversations to be about how women do life their way. My business is The Happiness Hive, and I focus on happiness, as the name suggests. 
It's a community for happiness. And for me, happiness is the new success. If you focus on having more happiness in your life, everything else just falls into place. And before I go on too much more about my business, I'd like to share a little bit about who I am and how I came about to doing what I'm doing. Some of you will know my story. Some of you possibly won't know. But what I want to do is share a bit about who I am and how I got to be where I am now. I I grew up in country New South Wales. I I was born in the city and then our family moved to regional New South Wales when I was about five and it was a beautiful country town, really welcoming. Family life was great. It was almost idyllic that mum and dad were really active parents. Their, Their lives revolved around the kids. I had two older brothers. I was the youngest and the only girl, so you can imagine what that was like. It was a nice space to be, and it was just beautiful. It was really, really lovely growing up. Dad was a solicitor in the country town, very highly regarded and very involved in our sport and the community, especially the church. Mum was, oh, my gosh, she was just such a rock star of a woman. She was energetic and vibrant. She she was really involved in the community And it's lovely to look back and reflect on, but she was very involved in establishing and supporting women's groups in the the town, which was, which is lovely to think about. She was also involved in the church. And I think that's where mum and dad met actually in the church at Sydney. And then they got married. She volunteered. She, she wasn't working as a lot of women in the seventies weren't working while they were raising families. So mum did a lot of volunteering. And she volunteered at the school. She was the queen of crafts. She would come into school and she would help us make all these amazing things. <laughs> and, um, and I've still got one of them. I think I might have been about eight, eight or nine when I made this. It's a laundry and a pyjama bag. And it is the scariest looking thing that you can ever imagine. It's this scary ass clown. And I can only imagine what mum was thinking about my abilities because I am definitely not the queen of crafts. I think I missed that when they were handing out those domestic abilities. I think I must have been talking in line or something because I definitely missed out on those. <laughs> but mum didn't. She she was so resourceful. She used to make all of our clothes. And being a woman of the 70s, she would wear caftans all the time. And I remember one particular caftan. You, you know that fabric, that seersucker fabric, which is that bubbly cotton fabric. It's like tablecloths, tablecloths, picnic tablecloths are made out of sea sucker. But anyway, she made matching caftans for her and me and for my Barbie doll. Like we wore these matching sea sucker caftans and there was this other fabric. I remember it so beautiful. It was this light blue with white maps of Hawaii on the fabric, she made me a caftan out of that. And I just thought I was the bee's knees. She was so resourceful. She was such a woman of her times. She got a knitting machine and she would knit us jumpers. She would knit everything was knitted. And I think she was trying to knit us tracksuit pants at one stage. She was trying to work out a pattern of how to make pants for us, which is how can you imagine? And she was probably a really cool thing, not in the seventies. Do you know, so many, so many beautiful memories are flooding back into my mind. And one of them is we're not a snow family. I remember going to the snow and 
our toboggans were chaff bags, like wheat bags that mum had engineered for us. And we didn't have, there was no ski gear at all. And we used to, I used to have those Levi runners, which are those canvas denim runners. So to protect them from getting wet, mum used, and I'm pretty sure they're those big green garbage bags that she would put over my shoes and up my legs and then sticky tape them to my legs so that I wouldn't get um I wouldn't get wet. And I remember one other memory that we, we were a camping family. So we did a lot of our holidays were camping holidays and we saw a lot of Australia camping around the place. And I remember one particular holiday we were in we were in remote bushland. And there's a photo of mum in her caftan, camping out in the bush in her caftan. So, oh my gosh, just such beautiful, beautiful memories growing up. But things, things changed really, really suddenly. And on the day before my 12th birthday, my mum was in, she was in Sydney helping my eldest brother to move out of home and get settled. And so it was the day before my birthday and my dad, I remember dad coming into my bedroom and he said, he said, mum's gone. I'm like, yeah, I know she's in Sydney. And he said, no, she's gone. She's not coming back. And it was like, what? Well, I don't even know if he said that she had passed away. I really don't know. My whole world just went numb and black. And just all the lights that, sorry, oh, I wasn't going to do that. The, that gorgeous woman with that gorgeous, beautiful energy who was the light of our life. She was only 36 years old and she just suddenly passed away in Sydney. Oh, sorry. She passed away. And there was no inkling that that was even going to happen. It was just so sudden that she had, she certainly had asthma growing up and she, she had asthma, but it wasn't life threatening or not that we were aware of life threatening, but she passed away and our, the light of our family just went out that it just, oh God, you can tell the, the emotion's still there. For those of you that have ever lost a loved one, the grief doesn't go away. You, you learn to live with it. But what happened for me? So I don't even know if mum was due to come back that day or the next day for my birthday, but everything just went dark and I felt so lost and so alone and so confused and so angry. And so incredibly, incredibly sad. It was just this concoction of emotions that were running around. It was, gosh, I don't even, I, I don't even know that, that that really is just a void of repressed emotions. My dad, he might have only just been 40 and he had three teenagers to, to help raise. So I had no idea how to even manage my emotions. I don't even think my dad knew how to manage his emotions. There was no counselling. This was in the 70s. This was in the the late 70s. There was no counselling. It was like mum's gone one day and now just get on with life. 
there was just this nothingness in life. Uh, there was this nothing. It was this unwritten message that sort of said that it's not okay to be happy. Like you can't be happy, but you can't show that you're sad. It was like we needed to live in this martyrdom because mum had passed away and it was not okay to live or be happy or to laugh ever again because, you know, that, fuck, I don't even know. That That's just the, the message that I, I I don't think that that was never, ever said, but I just, all I knew that we didn't talk about mum, we didn't look at any pictures, we didn't, I just knew that if we talked about her, it was not a good thing to do. So I just got on with life. <laughs> I just got on with life. As a, going through my teenage years were just so confusing, so, so confusing. Having your role model no longer there, not knowing being the, the only girl, not being able to talk about your emotions, not knowing how to navigate womanhood, bloody hell. I remember I hadn't even had my first period. I remember having to buy my my bras. I remember just so many things that were just not cool, not not great. And it's and looking back on it now, it's complete trauma. And I don't I hadn't kind of realized the magnitude of that trauma until later years that when, you know, working through this. But you can still hear the emotions are absolutely still there. So anyway got on with life. My my teenage years were very rocky. I was really angry. I was a really angry kid. I didn't do well at school. I I can see now the trauma that not being able to learn, learn. I don't even think I read a textbook at school. I bluffed my way through. I was filled with anxiety. I became the class clown because that was at least releasing some emotions. And what I did discover is because I didn't know how to express my emotions, that the only thing that I really found comfort in was food. And boy, did I find comfort in food. And what happened in my teenage years was instead of just being this concoction of emotions, of, of un, kind of resolved emotions and these buried emotions, now I was fat and angry and sad <laughs> that I had a new problem that I just didn't feel good about myself. I, I ate to, to comfort the emotions, but I put on weight and I started to not really like who I was. And it just became this cycle of, you know, I was going to say self-loathing. I don't even think it was self-loathing. It was just a cycle of numbness and the food helped to, to heal the numbness. And then there was more numbness that happened because of the food. So it was just this really vicious cycle. I got teased and bullied at school for being overweight. Would you believe that I got, oh man. I got teased because my mother had just passed away. I remember a couple of girls that and now looking through my, my older years eyes, I can see that they were, that they were hurting, but fuck, they were mean ass girls that, that teased me about my mum, oh, I won't even say what they used to say. And I didn't tell anybody about that. I just got on and dealt with it. But I think somebody must have heard or a teacher had come and said, oh, I hear that they're saying things to you. 
why don't you just go and sit in the library and get yourself together? And that was the way that they fucking dealt with these girls teasing me. That was my counselling. Go and sit on your own in the library and get yourself together. Anyway, anyway, school was tough. And I had no idea what I wanted to do when I left school. In in the the early 80s, the options kind of for, for girls then were teaching, nursing, or maybe be, be a secretary. And my dad was a solicitor. He really valued his secretaries. <laughs> and he said, why don't you become a secretary? Because you'll be able to get a job anywhere. Like that, that would be a good thing for you. And I think interesting now that he didn't say, why don't you become the solicitor? But that's a whole different episode. <laughs> that's a whole different episode. My girlfriend was going to business college. So we both, both moved from the country town to Canberra. I was 17. I had just turned 17 and I went to business college. I loved being in Canberra. I loved being out of home, but there was a new emotion that I hadn't experienced before. And it was guilt. I felt guilty that I was leaving my dad behind because my brothers had left home, but now I felt guilty. I felt responsible for him. So there was kind of that, just another emotion added to the all the other unresolved emotions. But I loved being in Canberra. I really loved that, being out of home. I did not love being at business college. I We were learning typing, shorthand, office management. It was like, yeah, whatever. I, do you know what? I, I didn't love that. And at the end of the, the, the program, we were allocated jobs. My girlfriend got foreign affairs and has traveled the world numerous times. I got the tax office and the typing pool in the tax office. So that's where I went. And it was in the days where people would write whatever it is that they needed to write and they'd send it to the typing pool. We had to type it up. Zero errors. I was not a zero error type of person. I was not, but I was just hating on life. I was not loving life. And at that age, you know, I must have done something right because I got promoted pretty quickly to a steno, to a stenographer, which is like today's version of an EA. And I got promoted to that role and I was working directly with an executive and I would be typing for the division. And I just went into work every day with attitude, 19 year old, full of attitude, it's in the days where we had tea ladies and they had their trolleys, they they would wheel their trolleys around the office. And I'm like, well, I'm not getting my boss a cup of tea because the tea lady's there, he can get his own. That was kind of the attitude that I had. It's just like full of so much attitude. I would not have liked um, having me working for them. But anyway, one day he said to me, he said, Catherine, there's a really great opportunity that's come, come up and I think you will be fantastic for it. I knew that it was just his out. He wanted to get rid of me. But I went, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll do it. I'll give it a go. And it was teaching people to type. There was no training. It was a temporary position. And they said, you know how to type. So you can teach people to type. It was in the, in the 80s when people were learning to, computers were being introduced into the workplace. So people needed to know how to use them. They needed to learn how to type. And it was like, well, you know how to type. So you can teach people to type. And I went, yeah, yeah, whatever. So I gave it a crack and there was something that happened. And I remember, I remember the room, the actual room that I was in, that training room. And there was something that happened that I had never, ever, had not ever experienced before. And it was this feeling of, do you know what? I don't know if I can explain it, but like, I actually really like what I'm doing. I felt, 
I felt this spark that I had not felt, I think, before my mum had passed away. I don't even know if I'd ever felt it before, but that joy and it was getting satisfaction from imparting information and it was a real satisfaction with being able to help people to learn and it was something that I had never experienced before. And the people that I was working with, they said, Catherine, we really like what you're doing and we want to offer you a permanent position. We can see something in you and we want to be able to foster and develop that. And we have a whole range of professional training that we want you to participate in. And because we can really see something, we can see this as being a career path for you. And we'd like to support you in your study and to go to university. We can see that that will be a benefit for you and to study the adult education because that's going to help you to be even better at what you're doing without any training. You know, you're doing this now with no training. So imagine what you can do with training. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, there was stuff happening, and this was an absolute pivotal point in my life, but definitely in my career. This was a turning point that somebody had seen something in me that I just didn't even know was a thing, that they were giving me an opportunity. They saw something in me. They were actually taking an interest in me. They were willing to devote and help me to develop. They invested in me, not only with professional development, but in me as a person. They saw who I was. And I didn't even know any of that. So anyway, long story short, I loved, oh, I loved all the amazing things that I was learning. And looking back on my career in the tax office, just the opportunities that were there for me and some of the professional development programs and the training that I participated in, in how profound they were. They were actually delivered by really high profile people at the time. And I just didn't appreciate that. But now looking back, I'm like, oh my God, I was just exposed to such amazing people and information. And that helped me certainly with my career. So with the tax office, I ended up moving from teaching people to type to using computers and and administrative skills. And then I was working on our major leadership program throughout the 90s. And that was amazing. That was amazing. I worked with a team and I was the key facilitator on the program. And I reckon that there was a couple of thousand people that went through that program and it was helping leaders to be great so that they could help their teams and their organisations to be great. And as I look back on that part of my career, I really, really love it. And I look back so fondly and it was like I was, you know, part of a team, but I was an internal consultant for the tax office and it just lit me up. Like I didn't know that anything could light me up from coming from the darkness and the depths of despair to being in a place where there is this light lighting up. And I was studying psychology at university. I was pinching myself from being a student at high school that didn't, that just was almost a dropout to studying at university was a real achievement and to study psychology and all the amazing tools of personal development that really helped me to navigate through what I had been experiencing. And it was just beautiful. And I remember in my mid-20s that I made the decision that I no longer wanted to live 
life the way that I'd been living life with that attitude of anger and frustration and all those stored negative emotions. And I did a lot of work about releasing those. And I made the decision then that I wanted to make my life the best and most beautiful life that it could possibly be. And I wanted to be the best version of who I could possibly be. And I made that commitment to myself way back then when I was in my mid-20s. And that's the kind of the essence of who I am and what I'm all about. I live every day believing that it's going to be the best and the most beautiful life that I can possibly live. And when I was with the tax office, I guess just to end that loop, is I ended up managing a couple of our learning and development branches within the office. And the work that I did then lights me up as much now, you know, 35 years later, as it did back then, and I can absolutely see that that was part of my career path and it was all falling into place. And I didn't see it at the time, but I can absolutely see that now. So fast forwarding, I left the tax office when when I had my kids and I ran a couple of home-based businesses. And for those of you that don't know, you probably probably a lot of you don't know this, but I had a business as a stylist for a couple of years and I loved that. But I wasn't ready to run that as a, as a business. You know, at the style absolutely lights me up. That's one of my passions. So, so I ran some home based businesses and I went back into the, and worked for another private training organization. And that was a really gorgeous place to work. I really, really, really loved working there. And I would say 99% of the job was my ideal job, but I was never ever going to be the boss there. It was a family-run business and it was a beautifully beautiful family-run business, but I was never, ever going to be the boss. So for that to happen, I needed to start my own business and I did that. You know, I did a lot of soul-searching about what that business would be. You know, I was tempted to go down the the path of stylist and, and fashion, but I stuck with the training and the coaching and the consultancy and I've been doing that for just over 10 years now. So coaching, training, I primarily work with government and corporate organizations and with the leadership cohort about helping them to be really great leaders so they can develop really great teams and organizations. And I also work with private clients, of course. So that's what I do in my business. I'm all about helping people to be truly happy and create amazing lives for themselves and to be the best versions of themselves and to live their best, their best and most beautiful lives. Do you know what? I'm not fussed about the title that I have in my job. I'm really focused on the results. And for those of that you know me, I am focused on helping people to get clarity about what they want in, to achieve in life and helping them to make it happen. You know, I got asked in a, a recent interview about what happiness means to me. And I really believe that happiness is, if we're happy, everything else will absolutely fall into place and we can do whatever it is that we want to do. And if we're feeling good about who we are in our lives and living our lives, then everything else will be just fine. Um, So that's where my focus is. And I got asked in that interview about what happiness means to me. And for me, there isn't one definite answer because it means different things at different points in time. It is a kind of a a mixture of a whole lot of things, but it's really about living a life that lights up my soul 
And it's about sprinkling a little bit of magic in the lives of others. You know, happiness is about living a life that lights up my soul. And that's why I try to focus on in my business is to be happy. My business <laughs> lights my soul up because I get to interact with amazing, gorgeous people. But I help people to work out what happiness means for them. That's what makes me happy. And I, I focus on mindset, success, achieving the results that you want to achieve. And I've spent over 35 years specializing in mindset, human behavior and personal transformation. And I feel, I don't know, I feel uh, a little bit funny saying this, but I've literally worked with thousands of people through my coaching and personal success programs. And, you know, people have achieved, have achieved the most incredible results in their lives. And some of the changes have been seemingly small and subtle, but the domino effect has really helped people to make big transformations in their lives. This is absolutely what lights me up. And I have a real passion for working with women and helping women to break free from their limitations. You know, the, the shoulds in their life. I had a whole lot of limitations, man. I had bucket loads of limitations and a lot of them resulted from, you know, that mum passing, that, that event of mum passing away and it kind of snowballed from there. And a lot of those were my interpretation of what happened. You know, if you ask my brothers their story, their, their version of the story, you probably get a, a slightly different version. So what I'm sharing with you is my interpretation. So it's really about how we get the mindset right. And I love working with women and helping them to shift their narrative around what their limitations are. And often it's about not feeling good about enough about themselves. And I love helping them to just unapologetically reclaim their power and to celebrate their magnificence and to really, really connect with who they are. Because what I find is a lot of people lose that connection, that they've lost that connection with themselves. And I guess what I do with women who are wanting more from life is to, to help them to discover what that something more from life is. I, I've developed a framework called the Happiness for Life Framework. And this is where I help people to explore where they, they are now, where they want to be, and then how to translate that vision into reality. I'm the queen of practicality. My mum was the queen of crafts. I'm the queen of practicality. <laughs> and so I really focus on easy to implement steps for transformation to take place. My vision is, oh gosh, my vision is to create a global community of inspired and motivated women who are making a difference in the world they're doing that by first making a difference in themselves by madly, deeply loving who they are and being confident to be who they are and to truly live the life that they want to live and to be just so happy that they bounce out of bed every day excited to live life. That is my vision. That is my absolute vision. And through my business, I, I run coaching and mentoring programs and other personal success programs. And I've recently introduced the Happiness Lounge Membership Club. And as I mentioned, I use the Happiness for Life framework that I've created from everything that I've studied personally and the things that I've experienced personally 
the, the happiness for life framework is very much based on um, science, psychology, my personal experience, and also through the spirituality as well. I incorporate elements of that in there. And I show my, the people I work with, the, the clients, the exact steps to reconnecting with who they are um, so that they can believe in themselves and find their passion and build amazing, authentic lives. And I guess the essence that is uniquely me, that you're getting to know me through my story and there's a lot that I haven't covered, but I've sort of covered the, the main elements. That, and you'll get to know more about me through the, the chats that I have with guests. But I love life. I really, really love life. Life excites me. I'm a little bit Oprah with a dash of Audrey and a, a dollop of Dolly. There's a little sprinkling of Tinkerbell and there is a great big serving of free spirit <laughs> in who I am. I love, love, love sunrises, especially at the beach. I love movie musicals. I love organizing theme parties. I love eating anything with salted caramel and chocolate in it. And I love anything remotely woo woo. I am a spirit junkie from way back. You know, so much so I'm currently studying spiritual psychology. So all the things I love tied up together. And it's interesting reflecting on sharing my story with you and being an almost dropout from school and really finding school challenging. I've become a lifelong learner and studying at university. I have, you know, other qualifications under my belt and I really have become a lifelong learner. So the recent one is about spiritual psychology. I am passionate about growth and transformation. My own plus the, the, the people I work with and I come into to contact with. My values in business are passion, belief, results and integrity. I'm passionate about what I do and helping people make changes in their lives. I believe in what is possible and I help people to believe that too. And I am results focused Queen Bee. Integrity is about being true to me and living and doing business in accordance with what's important to me. And it's also about being true to the other people in my life that I'm working with and living and sharing life with. Because I'm so intrigued as to what makes people tick, one of my superpowers, I think, is to, like, I can, I build rapport with people really quickly. I see them for who they are and also what's getting in the way of them reaching their full potential. And I have a whole toolkit and a unique, trust me, it's a unique combination of modalities that help people to achieve outstanding results in their lives. And I really do have lots and lots of tools in my toolkit that, that are very, very, very cool in helping people to live amazing lives. And I think because I, you know, is, is it because somebody saw something in me that they spark something? But my gift is that I can see that, that the gifts in other people and I help them to see that, see that in themselves as well. I try to authentically walk my talk, which means embracing my vulnerability. I have tough days and I go through challenges just like the rest of you. Everything isn't a bed of roses all the time and I don't pretend that it is. Am I happy all the time? No. Do I get the shits with people and things? Uh, yes. Am I critical? Uh, yes. Do I have days where I feel down and out? Absolutely. But I don't stay there for very long. I have my five-minute pity party 
then I get back on track with what I want in my life. And that's to the, the commitment that I made to myself that my life is going to be the best life that I can make it. So I don't hang in that pity party very much anymore. And the things that anchor me in, in business and in life, I live passionately and I live from the heart. This is through everything that I do, my life and my business. And I have four overarching mottos that I try and incorporate into my, into my world, into my life and what I do through my business. And the first one is always believe something wonderful is about to happen. Make today ridiculously amazing. Life is beautiful and be the change that you want to see. And that is almost my overarching motto of life is to be the change that you want to see. If you want things to be different, you need to be the one that makes them being different. Don't blame others. Don't expect others to do it. You be the change that you want to see in the world. And one of the other things that anchors me in life is to about doing life and business my way and not comparing myself to other people, being really comfortable and confident in who I am, what my purpose is, and living my life absolutely in alignment with that. And the most um, important things to me on a daily basis is that, you know, most of the things on a daily basis stem from those overarching mottos that I make the most of life and I genuinely try to live my best and most beautiful life. I genuinely try to do that. And to do that is I live in that full radiance of who I am, the the full radiance of my soul, and that's being connected with my authentic self. That is paramount to the life that I'm living is having that connection with who I am at my core. And also to help me have that connection is I have a very strong connection with spirit. So my spiritual practice and my Daily happiness practices are very, very important to me. And the things I guess that, that I do, I have quite a morning practice. So I gratitude when I wake up. I ask myself what wonderful things are going to happen today. I do a visualization a meditation and I do this most, I would say most days, not every day, but a grounding, a clearing and protecting process. I visualize the, the ideal me living in my full radiance. I think about my core values in life, which are happiness, health and wellness and living a rich and abundant life. So I visualize what that is for me. I visualize my gratitude and my manifesting wells. So that's all the things that I'm grateful for and all the things that I'm wanting to manifest in my life. And I spend time setting intentions for the day. And my evening practice is not quite as, I'm definitely a morning person, so I get a lot of energy from the morning practice. In the evening, I practice gratitude again. I reflect on, you know, lessons from the the day and I do set bedtime and like evening intentions of what I want either assistance with, what I want help with, and that is my connection with spirit as well and guidance. Oh, if there's a message that I'm bursting from my heart for every woman, maybe every person to hear. What is that message? That message is do life your way. We are all unique and beautiful women and people who have inspiring stories to share. And my goal is to chat with every person that I meet and to hear their stories because there's always something to gain. 
uh, from just being in the presence of other people and especially being in the presence of other women. So it's a very long list of all the people I want to talk to, but the the message, if my wish for you is to see the magic in your own story and to see it in others as well and to be really comfortable, really confident to live life and do life your way like you do you, boo. So I guess just in, in wrapping up a, a little bit more about my the, the Happiness Hive and how you can find out more about what I do, subscribe to the Happiness Hive podcast. Pop over to my website, which is www.happiness-hive.com.au, and you can read more about my story and my path to happiness, plus how you can work with me. You can You can find that out from the website. If you would like to start or continue your own journey to happiness and live your best and most beautiful life, I really encourage you to join our community of inspired and motivated women. Join us at the Happiness Lounge. That's my membership club and that it's your central hub for everything that you need to be truly happy and live an amazing life. It's it's an, a new place. to The Happiness Lounge is new and it's just such a beautiful community of women. And as I said, my vision is to grow that community. So I would love for you to be absolutely part of that. You can work with me one-on-one through my coaching and mentoring programs. And this is where I dive deep with you into your personal situation and help you to fast track your results and work out what it is that you want in life and to create that lasting change. You can follow me on my socials at the Happiness Hive and also connect directly with me at Catherine at happiness-hive.com. Do you know what? I love, I really do love connecting with people and it would mean nothing more to me if you reached out, if you wanted to connect, if you have questions you would like me to personally answer, I would love that. So I hope you have enjoyed this intro episode and it's given you a taste of what's to come It's given you a little bit of insight into me and why I do what I do and the chats moving forward. There's some just beautiful, beautiful women that their stories are so inspiring. I really have enjoyed getting to know these women, but chatting with them just takes that to a deeper, deeper level. And I would love for you to be part of that. So hopefully you've got a a little bit of you know, thinking that you'd like a little bit of the, the happiness in your life, I would love to sprinkle some of that happiness dust there. So big hugs and happiness to you. And I will see you in the next episode talking to one of our guests. Have an awesome, awesome day. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can spread the love by sharing it with a friend so she can have a little bit of what we had today. And don't forget to rate and review so we can get it into as many hearts and ears as possible. You can keep the conversation going on my Happiness Hive socials. And if you'd like some more high vibe happiness in your life, come and join me in our community of inspired and motivated women at the Happiness Lounge. This is my online membership club and your central hub for everything you will need to be truly happy and bounce out of bed every day living and loving your best and most beautiful life. To find out more, pop over to the Happiness Hive website and click on the link working with Catherine. Until next time, big hugs and happiness.